0: What's happening?
1: Oh, I'm doing my impression of Jim.
0: Oh, is that what Jim sounds like? Today? That's what Jim
1: sounds like. This is, I don't know. I, to talk to him. I don't know. That's just how he normally sounds to me when we start these. Oh, I
0: have a thing, and it's oh, I have an opinion about it.
1: <laughs> but he's not
0: here, so we have to like fill in that's, some that's, of that. I'm
2: I'm Jim Sterling. That's not how I sound. <laughs>
0: Oh no, we, we've been doing a terribly, terribly wrong impression of Jim. Um, J- Jim, how, how are you doing today? Talk to us in your very Jim voice. <laughs>
2: it's it's me, it's Jim Sterling. You can tell it's me because of my signature catchphrase. Jiminy Jiminy swag, I've got some games in the bag.
1: <laughs> that is your catchphrase that you say all of the time, Jim. Every time. How it, every, every episode of the Jimquisition for the last six years has ended that way.
0: Yeah, if you've not heard it, that's because you've been t- you've been t- closing the tab too early. Not, you're not sticking around
1: to the end, and that that's insulting.
0: I mean, that's that that is that is the worst form of insult. You you don't even know Jim's trademark catchphrase.
1: Stay for the credits, people. People work hard on these things, and they deserve yeah. acknowledgement.
0: Yeah. You, if you want to know about the catchphrase, you have got to listen to a I can't. Stuff. Okay, I
2: can't. I can't do this any longer. I have to confess, I'm not Jim. It's oh. not him.
0: Oh my Jim. God! Oh. I thought you were Jim. I'm, I'm so, so betrayed. sorry. It was a foolproof rendition. I had no clue.
2: Oh, I feel I feel terribly guilty now. But it's it's me, Casey. As, uh,
0: you, sh- you should feel guilty, Casey, who is is joining us again. Casey Explosion. People might know you as that sloth that's on Twitter.
2: Indeed, but yeah, I'm I'm horribly guilty. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Unfortunately, Jim
1: has a really bad case of flu this week and wasn't able to come to the record, so we are so lucky to have Casey here.
0: He's been dying this week. He has. It's
1: not been a good one. It's not, it has not been good. I mean, it's, he had a doctor's appointment scheduled for Monday, then yeah. got sick before going there, got his flu shot, then wound up in the hospital ER room later in the day to discover he has flu. <laughs> oh i can
0: just hear the anti-vaxxers now oh he had a vaccine and he got sick vaccines are actually evil
1: yeah so he's in bed where he belongs resting up i i I took over half a gallon of chicken soup that's not a joke literally half a gallon (laughs) of chicken soup Uh, because both him and justin are just down Uh
0: well, I'm glad that he's got you there to to protect him and make sure he he you know has enough chicken soup to drown in. It's, yeah, oh, okay. he could be okay. Yeah,
1: you could definitely put a put an infant down in that <laughs> soup. That I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Oh. So yes, uh, no gym this week, but Casey is here. Who's got a video game they fancy talking about? Oh, I do. You do, Casey. What what video games do you have that you have opinions of?
2: I have opinions on all of them, fortunately, even the ones I haven't played. But uh, this <laughs> week, I've uh, I've fin- just finished um, Layer of the Clockwork God from is it size five?
1: I think I that... have seen that talked about a lot in the last couple of days, and that that has sort of like a like a part platformer, part kind of adventure type thing is that am that's, i understanding that correctly? yeah
2: that's accurate it's kind of like there. there's two main characters uh is it uh ben and dan um who are the the developers they did they did um previous little point and click adventure games and um which i hadn't played but i played their previous game the swindle which i really really liked
0: oh i know the swindle okay okay mm. You you mentioned that now I'm now I'm interested.
2: <laughs> yeah, okay. So same developers as The Swindle, which is a game that I think a lot of people kind of kind of didn't appreciate as much as I did. So I'm like, yeah. So I was watching watching out for this for a while and I was um very very insistent that I wasn't going to buy any new games and then I broke down and I bought it. And it's wonderful. So the you switch between the two main characters. One of them plays like a traditional kind of uh, point-and-click adventure, and the other one plays completely different. He plays like a puzzle platformy type game. So you're switching between two different disparate genres of game and using their unique tool sets to advance the story and progress. And it's a it, it's kind of game that both elements have to be really perfect. 'Cause if you were having a really good um really good platforming action going on and then like click over to the point and click stuff, if it didn't if it didn't gel, if it didn't hit the right mm. notes, it, the whole thing would have fallen flat on its face. But I think getting that balance it's it's quite quite impressive. Very funny game.
0: Yeah. We we were talking about that sort of thing the other week with uh Darksiders Genesis where mm-hmm. You know, that's a fun game when you're doing the combat, but, like, anytime it tries to make you stop and do platforming, it's like, oh, this has just killed my enjoyment and felt like it stopped still. Like, if if you're going to have more than one type of gameplay, you need to make sure they're all good, otherwise people will remember whichever one was worst.
1: Yeah, well, so, and these are... Uh, the the prior games with these characters, uh, the Time, Gentleman, Please, and Ben There, Dan, that... Uh, both have been interesting to me. I, the artistic style, the visual style that hmm. are in those games kind of maybe pushed me away from it a little bit. But I, the thing that I keep coming back to and keeps intriguing me about it is that they are supposed to be really funny. And there's such yeah. a shortage of genuinely funny games out there that I, I feel eventually I'm, I'm going to buckle and get yeah, over the other stuff that's helping back. The,
0: my experience with The Swindle was that it was a really funny game. It was a very well-written funny game that was uh, undoubtedly held back a little bit by its kind of awkward janky controls at times, but I was willing to put up with that because everything that it was doing right was so enjoyable. Like, it, it's one of those games that you can feel how hard it's trying, and it is nailing something so well that you're willing... To, like At least for me, I was able... I was willing to overlook a lot with it.
2: Hmm. I think one of the things that nailed the swindle for me is, is the soundtrack, which... Uh, was it to- Toby Evans, was it, who did the soundtrack? And that stuck with me, because it had this great... Um, it's a very steampunk game, so everything everything in the soundtrack was kind of themed around like clock ticking and and kind of um, like steam venting and it's like so it's the theme of it is built into the soundtrack and it's got this great tick, 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 tick bit that it's just built off of and it's it's incredible so I think that's st- that kept me around long enough that I kind of I kind of um, overlooked some of the kind of fiddlyish controls.
0: Yeah, it it seems to be a kind of persistent issue with that developer's controls are one thing they've never quite nailed. And I, I actually
2: don't I don't think um, I will I will jump in and say that I don't think the I have found any issue with the controls in there the Co- Clockwork God.
0: Okay so that's reassuring yeah it's usually the thing that's a bit of a stumbling block for me on mm. on that but if, if that is if that isn't an issue then that's that's a good sign
1: <laughs> well i too played some adventure game stuff this week uh i yeah i i went back to maniac mansion Oh, how, how did you find that? Well, I mean, I've, I've played it hundreds of times. I mean, so. yeah,
0: it's not like this is going to be the playthrough where you secretly realise it's terrible.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's unlikely to happen. I mean, my history with Maniac Mansion goes way, way back. It's the first computer game um, that I ever convinced my parents to buy for me exclusively. Um, oh, around wow. around 1987, we got a Commodore 64 in the house that was for me, and uh, the box art on that was just so weird, with the creepy face of Dr. Fred Edison in the background and that hideous mm. smile and, and the people hanging out out front and razor with the red hair and the earrings and leather jacket. Uh, and, 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 Jeff with the, the surfboard, Jeff's fucking useless. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, it, it really, like, it, it caught my eye right away. And, and it was not, it, it's a game that I'm really glad I played young and gained an interest in, but, you know, and still, it's still good enough that I can return to it as an adult because there's a lot of humor in that, that maybe isn't age-appropriate for an eight-year-old, you know? Yeah, yeah. Honestly,
0: that was that was a big thing for point-and-click adventures for a while, is it's like, oh, it's all cartoony graphics, and you're just clicking on things. This is safe for kids, right? Oh, oh, that's some content you put in here.
1: Yeah, I mean, and it's not so far as, like, Leisure Suit Larry. No,
0: but you it's know. definitely, like, it, you know,
1: pushes on the boundaries of what an eight-year-old it, it, might <laughs> It does. Encounter. I mean, you know, when... <laughs> when you get one of the male characters captured by Nurse Edna, and she says, oh, I, sh- I made a mistake. I should have tied you to my bed. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> and then later when you're in Dr. Fred's lab and there's the periscope, and you don't have time to be screwing around with this stuff at this point in the game. You're actually on a time limit by the time you get to that periscope. But you look in it. And it's looking through the mirror over her bed.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, here's the thing: the reason why she should have tied you to her bed. There's nothing, nothing dodgy about nothing that. Nothing
1: untoward. No. It, no, it, it was so entirely because monitor.
0: if if you have to be t- if you have to be kept hostage, at the very least, you should be comfortable. Mm. It's unfair not to tie you to the bed.
1: Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I played it. A, uh, almost, I almost got through two playthroughs on the stream. Last week, Um, I usually do Bernard Razor just because they're the most fun. Um, Mm. But I I, I also really love, uh, I believe it's Wendy is her name. Um, I I might be getting that wrong. Uh, The the writer. I love Mm. her because I love the ending of getting the evil meteor a book contract (laughs) (laughs) as a means of stopping their plan. I mean, it's kind of a great solution. It really is. Uh, so, yeah, that's that game holds up. I played the Deluxe Edition, uh, mm. which is actually a fan remake uh, done in 2004, which you can find, um, I think it's on the Internet Archive, is, is where I got it from this time around. Uh, and that gives it, Yeah, that's a, a VGA graphics palette, so yeah. it's not... Uh, hideous i guess yeah not that it looked bad but it's certainly more viewable yeah and it has some quality of life uh, improvements it takes the uh <laughs> it gets rid of the old user interface at the bottom and replaces it with one that is based on what they used in day of the tentacle uh, mm. So you have inventory icons that are clearer and text icons that are uh, a little clearer and you get right click options for automatically oh. performing actions.
0: Oh, that's lovely. Yeah.
1: And, and sometimes it does stupid things like um, there's a there's a puzzle in the original Maniac Mansion. Uh, there's well in both versions. There's a puzzle where there's a door that you have to get to and you don't know that the door is there because it's been covered over with paint. And you find paint remover in a room and use the paint remover on the wall and it exposes the door. In the original game, you could just take the can of paint remover and use it on the wall. In the Deluxe Edition, it requires you to open the paint can, use a paintbrush that you found in the same room as the paint remover, so it's not as though, you know, there's some additional puzzle involved with getting the paintbrush to make this happen. You use the paintbrush on the can and then use the brush now with the paint remover on the wall. And I must have spent ten minutes trying to (laughs) figure out what I was doing Uh. wrong by trying to use the damn can on the wall.
0: (laughs) I mean... Moon logic in point-and-click adventure games is one thing. It's another thing entirely to introduce more, more of it to a remake well, of a game. And
1: it and it all makes logical sense yeah, th- that you but... would do these steps to do that if you were a normal human being, but if you were, so, I don't know, trying to... Find your way quickly through this environment in order to save your girlfriend who is about to yeah. have her brain sucked out by a mad scientist controlled by an evil meteor from outer space. Maybe you could dispense with the brush.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's always been my one uh, sticking point with point and click adventure games is I will always... I, I will always struggle to forget those frustrating moments in otherwise enjoyable experiences. Mm-hmm. Like, I still remember the one of those that really ruined my time with uh, Broken Age. And it was in, in the second half of Broken Age, there was a puzzle where you go and interact with this snake and it starts, you know, squeezing you. And the game actively tells you, hey you cannot do anything with this puzzle right now blow the horn so that you can escape go away D- don't don't stay here you cannot do anything with this puzzle you have to ignore the game telling you that you cannot complete this puzzle right now and wait around for about a minute and a half and then it will let you proceed
1: uh... that's the one that's
0: the one that frustrates me is the game telling you no No, no, you can't do it. You can't
1: do it, though. And you have to just sit around ignoring the game. There's an evil part of me that genuinely loves that. And (sighs) and, And it's the same part of me that loves Portal. Right? I mean, here's the thing. I love Portal...
0: I spent two hours unsure because I was playing that. It probably doesn't help. I was playing that game before it released, and I couldn't just look up a walkthrough to go. What the fuck am I doing wrong? I spent like two hours while trying to review that game, going. But the game, I'm sat here. For, I've sat here for over a minute, and the game has told me I cannot do anything here. So I left.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and, oh. it, and it makes and it makes sense. Like it. Yeah. It, but at the same time. I, I do love an unreliable narrator.
0: Oh, I I love an unreliable narrator when that's a consistent theme. Yes, like I I love something like say the Stanley Parable, where the whole point is you have to realize the narrator is unreliable, and start being aware of that. Yeah, but it, but it if is, it's if it's just at one point in yeah, the
1: game that that happens, doesn't If it's a single it example
0: work. in an otherwise reliable narrator game, it doesn't really work.
1: Yep. Yep.
2: See, I'm, yeah. I'm at a little bit of a loss. I never played a lot of these games. And it's only fairly recently that I got into the whole point and click thing. Because um I, remember I played a few when I was younger and didn't really gel with them. But uh what was it? Unavowed uh came mm. out a couple of years ago and was like, I like I like the look of this. I want I want in on that. And <laughs> um kind of, so I, I missed everything Everything you've been talking about. I've just completely skipped out on for, for years, I think. Well, Dave, back in call... my day,
1: we didn't have a lot of choices. Yeah. <laughs> mm. But
0: point-and-click games as a genre over the years have been, like, deeply mm, inconsistent in quality. There are great ones yeah. and there are horrendous ones, and it's very difficult to know going <laughs> in which oh. you're going to get. And
1: that's... I mean, that's indicative of the genre going back to even its earliest days. Yeah. You, know, you look at the comparison between the way uh, Lucasfilm games would make their point-and-click adventures and the way Sierra would make their point-and-click adventures, and it's night and day in terms of being accessible to the player. <laughs> yes. you, know, you want to talk about moon logic? I threw a bridle on a snake to turn it into a horse once in a King's <laughs> Quest game. Yeah, you tell me. I don't fucking know.
2: Mm, that is bizarre.
1: <laughs> right. Uh,
2: I think a lot of the newer ones coming out have kind of been. Um, they have they have the benefits of having, so much. Anger over such puzzles, and I think one one that I played, uh, a while back, I never finished. I should go back and finish it. But, um, Lamplight City. You play a detective, and basically, you can you can give the wrong answer and send some innocent person to the pokey, and the, the game will let you do that. So it's kind of you can you can't you can't really dead end yourself that much.
0: Ah, oh, there and have been some historically dead end yourself in. Is it the um? Uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy one that if you don't pick up, like, one item before leaving Earth, you can get, like, hours and
1: hours and hours into the game before realizing nope, you can't complete the game. It's a cheese sandwich. Yeah. Yeah, and actually what you have to do is you have to take that cheese sandwich and feed it to a dog on the way to leave the planet. <laughs> because if you do not, that dog is instead going to eat a passing fleet of microscopic intergal- intergalactic travellers when you are on board their ship. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh yeah, that that game is nightmarish (laughs) in terms of of being unfair. But I mean, it goes, uh, King's Quest games all did that. Even Maniac Mansion, um, it has fail states, uh, which is not something that a lot of later LucasArts games had. Um, But you can easily kill off all the kids in that yeah. game and, and the ways in which you can do it are actually half of the fun of maniac mansion. I think for me, was finding all of the ways that you could kill those kids. Uh, you can drown them in the pool by draining the pool, then putting them in the pool and filling the pool up again. Uh, you can microwave weird at Edison's hamster and then return it to him. And he kills you. Uh, you can of course, blow up the whole house uh, in a couple of ways Uh, So, yeah, and and I love it, too, because then there's just a gravestone for your dead kid sitting out front. And it doesn't necessarily prevent you from finishing the game as long as it's Jeff that dies. (laughs) As long as you kill Jeff, you're okay. Uh, But, yeah, yeah, that was a real problem. I mean, I don't know. Problem maybe isn't the right word. It was a facet of those games that I'm not sorry is gone now for yes. the most part
0: oh oh exciting to me video game news that just happened mm-hmm. oh and may- maybe has has panned out uh remember e3 last year uh probably the most exciting it was about any game was um roller champions which was that sort of almost roller derby ubisoft sports game that they put like a three-day demo up for uh Apparently, like right around now, some Oh, announcements have just happened. Uh well, what is going on? What are these announcements? It it seems like there may finally be some news on when this game is actually coming out, which it's it's weirdly one of my most anticipated games of this year, so hooray! What's the I want to play of more of this game already. Uh Roller Champions?
3: Hmm. Yeah,
0: it's roller skating on a circular track. Uh it's not so, Entirely roller derby rules, but it is basically try and complete uncontested laps of a circular track before cashing in your points and not having those points stolen back by the opposing team in a contact sport on skates. It's basically roller derby. I mean,
1: it's kind of surprising to me that we haven't had a roller derby oh, game before now.
0: God, yeah, I've been saying for years we need a good roller derby game, because it's like it's it's a it's a really fast-paced contact sport that involves a lot of um, variety in the types of people who play and can be competitive, a lot of customization of characters in the official sport, and it's just a really fun sport. Why don't we talk more about roller derby? It is.
1: When I was uh, still living in Phoenix, I used to hang out with a bunch of derby girls, and uh, and it's so much fun to go out and watch. So much fun. I'm not a big live sports person. Um, And, you know, I have... I have my issues with contact sports, generally speaking, because I think it's impossible to have a father who's got CTE and not kind of have some issues with
0: that. Yeah, that's, that's fair.
1: But it's it's a really fun show I will, I yes. will give it that
0: oh I've just t- I found out what the news is there is a there is a closed alpha that people can register for that is going live uh Wednesday next week
1: okay Heck. I'll sign up for mm-hmm.
0: that yeah honestly I had so much fun with that demo while it was up like I I can tell you how much I played that demo I played it until I maxed out the the highest possible rating I could have in the demo completely and then kept playing <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I got really into it. I don't I don't generally like online multiplayer sports games, but oh, I really enjoyed that one. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, uh other things we have played this week. Uh I finally finished Death Stranding. S- saw the credits actually roll on that game. Mazel tov? Yeah. Um I maintain what I said last week, I think that overall that game has some severe issues with pacing, it could have done with being... there's lots of content that I think that game would personally have benefited from from trimming down. Um, that said, I had a good time with it by the end. Um, I think that a lot of the narrative at the end, unsurprisingly, this is a Kojima game, was batshit nonsense. There was a lot of there was a lot of ludicrous narrative that made no sense and served no purpose, and there was a lot of, like, the last two hours of that game are basically just cutscenes, and there are 15-20 minute long monologues that could have been a single sentence, but (sighs) the last, the very last thing that the game wants you to do before you properly see the credits is a really sweet way to close that game. It makes a lot of sense mechanically and narratively and it's it's a really nice bit of closure for a big adventure and I I had a I had a very good time with it. Even if I think that like this game has some major structural problems and is not gonna be for everyone and Kojima probably just needs
1: someone to occasionally tell him maybe no. Look, everybody needs an editor. And I'm yeah. not just saying that because that's how I make my living. Everybody needs an editor. <laughs>
0: I I'm not even going to say that like you should you should trim out any of his long rambling nonsense. You can keep your 20-minute long monologues at the end of the game or whatever. Just maybe that first 10 hours where it it is taking forever to start showing you what the wider game will be, maybe trim that down to 3 or 4 so you can get through that in a single sitting. Maybe trim some of the sections in the middle so that like I feel like about 10 hours in when the mechanics start opening up, that that section is interesting. I mm-hmm. think that the last four to five hours of that game, really interesting. Um, I think that there is a section in the middle that could have been shorter and probably would have benefited from it a bit. And that opening could have been a bit shorter. That's, it's a, it's a there's a good game hidden in there. You just have to work for it. More than I think that you should have
1: to work for it. Yeah, I I know I'm going to cave one day. Just like, yeah. you know, I am. And, but I don't think I'll ever... I also don't... I'm not convinced I'll ever play it long enough to get to the point where it gets good either, so... Here's
0: here's what I would honestly say about it. Um, The ending is not in any way impacted by how much of a completionist you are along the way. So I would honestly say power through the early sections as quick as you can just objective to objective Mm -hmm. until you start opening up, I can build roads, I can have vehicles, I can have um, uh, bits of gear that will help improve my ability to walk around the world. Once you get there, okay, slow down a bit, maybe take in the scenery a bit more, and as soon as you stop having fun with that, Keep powering on until the like following checkpoints until the next interesting mechanics introduced.
1: You are challenging the very foundation of my personality I, oh, here.
0: I know. <laughs> I tell you that I tell you this full well, knowing that I played this game through obsessively, and that's why it took me months to get to the end of, and that I could not play it that way. But I think that would be. The optimal way to play it, yeah, our... even if I can't do it, because <laughs>
2: yeah. it's coming. It's coming out on PC in in June, is it? Yep. Yeah and, then, a, in
1: the, yeah. and within a week, the Denuvo DRM will be stripped out of it by pirates, and we can fucking properly play it.
2: Yeah. So we'll, <laughs> wait, wait, wait a week, and
0: it'll That's probably it. run better at that point. Yeah.
2: Because <laughs> they they didn't they strip Denuvo from Devil May Cry Five recently.
1: Yeah, so I have to and get oh, oh, the the, the publisher now. did, but that's because it had been cracked, and you know, because it always yeah. gets cracked.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. The publisher always officially removes it after a while, because they're like, "Oh shit, uh, uh, okay, yeah, you, you got it." You know, and
1: well, they're concerned about their their only concern really is first month sales. Yes, like that's that's where they make their money. And they'll continue to make money long-tail, but the big glut of sales all comes in at the beginning. And anything that they can do to try and make more people actually buy it, they think that's the solution. Um, Whether or not you agree with that is, you know, a different matter. But
0: Um, but yeah, no, Having, having finished it now, it's like... I don't think that the journey to like 100% thoroughly play this to the end is worth the time investment. But I think there is some really... I feel like... I keep saying this about Kojima, and it's the same way I feel about uh, a lot of David Cage's games, you know, uh, shittiness of David Cage and company aside. Um, I think that both of them are better storytellers in... In when when you take away interaction, than they are at telling interactive stories. I think that many of the best moments in this game were non-interactive cutscenes that could have been in a film, and I would love to see Kojima make a two-hour-long film.
1: I would love a TV series. I, I'm not. I mean, I'm not convinced Kojima's. Capable of making a two-hour anything. No,
0: I said that, and then I was like, "No, it'd have to be like a mini series
1: or something." Yeah, no, it's it's going to be a fucking Lord of the Rings thing, and it's going to have just as many endings.
0: Yes, but like, I, it's not even that his gameplay is bad. Mm -hmm. There are times in Death Stranding where I could see what he was going for, and the gameplay was reinforcing the narrative themes, but. I needed little bits of gameplay. I didn't need the hours and hours and hours and hours there were that padded between every interesting story beat.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But, yeah, it is what it is. Um, What about you both? Have either of you played anything else this week? Well, I'm still working my way through Shovel
1: Knight. Yeah? yeah. How, how are you getting on through that? Well, I finished Spectre Knight, which I loved. I love the Specter Knight campaign. The way that character controls its emphasis on aerial combat is really fun. Um, I, I love what that then opens up in terms of uh, uh, traversal puzzles. So I really enjoyed Specter Knight a ton. Uh, now I'm playing King Knight, uh, which has um, a version of Triple Triad that I could totally go the rest of my life without playing again. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I you know, I'm not like it's not bad. It's fine. But it's not a game that I'm strategically going to wrap my head around anytime soon I don't think. And so I'm I'm probably just going to plow through the platforming thing. But to the game's credit, one of the aspects I really like about King Knight's campaign is that it makes such a big deal out of the card game and then se- and then the narrative itself is to ignore it, <laughs> like yeah. <clears throat> the main character, King Knight, you know, he's he's oh oh. So I don't have to win at justice to take over the kingdom. I can just beat up the people who are currently the champions. Fine, and there's something kind of satisfying about that, and it makes me think of things like Pokemon, where. You know, yeah. Oh, you could train all of these Pokemon and strategize combat, but why doesn't anybody just beat up these kids and take their patches? I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I've uh, I, I'm still into that, and I'm about a third of the way through King Knight's campaign. And uh, again, you know, the every character in this plays very, very differently. And they're all satisfying in their own way. And so it's really a credit to uh, the design ingenuity of the team at Yacht, uh, Yacht Club Games that mm-hmm. they've managed to make four platformers that are so distinct and yet so thematically similar. Um, they work fantastically well. It, it's one of the best platformers I've played probably in 10 years.
2: I need to get around to playing that sooner or later. It's been sitting in my Steam library for years. Oh! I need need to play it. I mean, I I had the same problem. Years ago.
1: Yeah. Mm. I got it at launch. I think I played Shovel Knight halfway through and then stopped, and now there's all these campaigns and a multiplayer showdown mode, which, by the way, is also excellent.
2: Ooh, I'll have to try that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, you, you need to get on that.
2: I, I will as soon as as soon as this, this itch for slay the spire stops stops <laughs> tingling my tingly receptors. It's just like I can't.
1: Yeah, I've watched you I play can. this. Sell me on
2: it. It's a collectible card game type deck building roguelike like bob. and it it just it I cannot describe just how it gets those little tendrils into your brain. It just scratches an itch. It is satisfying in ways that are just and I I yeah, I I have not played a game quite as I won't say addictive, but it just it just it's satisfying in a way that I haven't played since either Darkest Dungeon or FTL. Mm. So it it's just like you you build up your, your deck as you go along through the through the stages and you can get some amazing uh combos with with the different cards and it's like oh i want this card and what What? I'm... you figure out ways to do things by combining uh different effects that aren't obvious at first but when you kind of get into the deep game there it's like oh now i can use this and this and it's going to be devastating and it's like oh my god <gasps> I can't believe I just pulled that off and it just, you, it feels, it makes you feel incredibly clever and that you've kind of, that you've you've kind of just hit upon something that is utterly broken.
1: Like you've outwitted the game in some way. Yeah.
2: And it just, it just, it just, there is an itch there that it scratches that I, I, yeah, I can't. So there's loads of games that I want to kind of go back to and play more of, but I'm kind of like, nah, I need to slay spires. Need to, <laughs> because um, yeah, there's load load of games that I've that I was playing last year that I kind of uh, that I need to go back to, and that I haven't finished that I was really loving and enjoying. And it's just that entire last year was was incredible with the amount of stuff that came out. In the yeah. sh- in a very short space of time, and it kind of like, it's it it kind of overwhelmed me.
0: I mean, a lot. there's 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 a reason I've only just gotten around to finishing going through Death Stranding. Last winter was busy with games. <laughs> it was insane, oh, yeah. ridiculous.
2: I I only finished uh, Sekiro recently as well, and
0: yeah, is is this your first time finishing it?
2: It is, and I want to play. I want to play it again. Uh, do, do it kind of like a challenge run to play, it, play through a new game plus while I'm wearing my fursuit head.
0: I I, I hear your visibility through that is surprisingly decent.
2: Yeah, it is. I'm 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 impressed. And I can wear my glasses under it as well. So I was like...
0: That will definitely help for a game yeah. like Sekiro.
2: <laughs> but I had such a good time with that and I just I felt elated at finishing it because... Not just because I don't finish games that often. I think <laughs> yeah. I think that's I think that's a problem with a lot of people. Mm. And um, oh yeah, so I decided I will not get any new games for for this is my new New Year's resolution or whatever. And I kind of I kind of just like let's let's try finish a couple of things. So another one I want to go back to is um, Pathologic Two, mm. but I I'm I'm genuinely. Anxious about starting that one up again because I don't know if either of you have played that, but it is it is upsetting to play. It is stressful, and just it, it,
1: oof, it yeah. Is. I've, there are
0: I've few games enough of it. I've played enough of it to know that it, it it's not comfort gaming.
1: No, there are a few no. games that I can think of that I've seen that have less interest in whether or not you're having a good time playing it
2: it's a fantastic game from from the standpoint of this this does something completely different to what you've been trained for Mm -hmm. with a lot of kind of open world games and you kind of like you kind of you kind of have an expectation of oh i'll go do this side quest i'll go do that side that quest and There's this intense pressure in Pathologic where you have to, if you don't do things, something is going to go horribly wrong with some other quest line. It's, everything's horrible. Everything's happening at once and you've got to kind of manage your time a little with that. And it's it's a stressful game. And I love it. I love it so much for what it does but i can't i can't make a recommendation without qualifying it that this is an upsetting game to play it, it 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 it's got this it conjures this dread in you while playing it like it is it is miserable and it it it's brilliant it's one of the most essential gaming experiences i have ever had in my life oh, but it's not for everybody
0: yeah Complete side note, I'm, I'm still getting really excited about Roller Champions, <laughs> that Roller Derby game. I'm reading about stuff they've added since the E3 demo build, and the two main things that I'm excited about is they're finally going to let people mess around with character customization, which in a Roller Derby game is fucking That's important. That's yeah. Yeah, let me start sticking stickers all over my helmet and picking what kind of sh- booty shorts to wear. This is vital gameplay. That's half of um, Roller Derby. Bef- exactly, before, exactly. Before
2: we move on, I, I just I <laughs> just have to interject that I think I think Pathologic Two is just out on PlayStation now. Ah, so yeah, that's um, that's why I've been thinking about it again and but i just had to mention that so
0: that's totally
2: continue sorry
0: uh that's all right uh the the other thing i got very excited is they finally started implementing some other roller derby moves like the ability to um to do whips which is where you basically slow down someone else's momentum to fire yourself forward so you can do those now and as a roller derby person i find that really exciting anyway other (laughs) things that aren't a demo i'm excited about oh wait wait, there's a demo you're not excited about there's a demo that me and, and Comrade have played as opposed to what I'm anticipating. Shall we talk about that Final Fantasy VII Remake demo?
1: Yeah, I... That I... I know we have both played. Yeah, I... I think it's great. I'm going this is to... Your,
0: this is your first time getting your hands on the... On, the anything to do with the on remake, On the remake,
1: yeah, yeah. I think it's great and probably not for me. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, I am very bad at it and I, I don't know. I I played the original Final Fantasy VII a few times over the course of my life and there is certainly something to be said for that first time that you have the uh, the fight against a big robot and it kicks your ass because you weren't really prepared for the strategy yet. Mm. But damn that robot kicked my ass this time
0: <laughs> i i would recommend like it it is worth trying again it, it oh it is yeah one of yeah those thing, yeah i did get it's one of those it's one of those things where like it i i feel like i've had an easier time with that boss fight than some people because i i have experience with a lot of rpgs that do that whole real-time combat yeah. that leads into a turn-based menu thing which is definitely not something everyone has experience with.
1: Yeah, that's that's the thing. My uh, my JRPG experience mm. is pretty limited to turn-based stuff, you know, yeah. or, or at least active time battle mechanics. Yes. Um, and I I mean I, I've I'm sure I have played a couple that are you know a little more active in in their gameplay but I, I honestly can't remember any of them right now because i didn't stick with them long enough to yeah. carry on with it and i did uh, you know on a second attempt make it past that boss i'd sort of figured out how to manage positioning and characters a bit better and what needs to be targeted that barrier's a real real pain yeah. in the ass
0: I, I feel like that barrier will be less of a thing when playing from the start of a game rather than being dropped in but, like, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that, like, I I got on all right with that because I, you know, I absolutely love games like, say, Xenoblade and Xenoblade 2. I really love um, Hero, you know, the Dragon Quest character that got put in Smash Brothers recently, who this is entirely how that character plays in Smash, is do fighting in real time, and then you have a turn-based uh, attack menu down the bottom that you occasionally use at the same time. mm mm-hmm. um, and I've, I've always really enjoyed that, but it takes, it, it's the whole, you know, rubbing your stomach and patting your head at the same time thing. You've got to be thinking about two different things at once.
1: Yeah, and, uh, and also the other thing, the other aspect of it that I found interesting and really different, but puts a new challenge into it for me specifically, is the way uh, range is handled. Here and ranged yes. attacks. It's very, mm. very different from my prior experience with uh, these kinds of games, and sort of. Lo- I, I-, I want to play as Cloud. It's not that I don't like Barrett. I really like yeah. Barrett. Barrett might be my second favorite character in Final Fantasy VII. Uh, yeah. Because you know Kate Sith exists. So. <laughs> um, and and boy, that is kind of telling, huh? Now that I think about it, now I think about my life and the direction it has gone, it makes complete sense that I was attracted to Kate Sith early on. Yikes. But um, I don't want to play. He's not as fun to play for me because you're just it feels like you're just sort of standing around shooting. But you have to, to some extent, make sure that you're engaging with Barret to take care of those ranged enemies as priorities because Cloud can't mm. do it or is only able to do it with magic. Yeah. And I,
0: I, I know that my experience was I was very much using Cloud as my default and switching to Barret as a specific case by case problem solver. Mm-hmm. Like, he was a tool in my arsenal rather than the primary person I was playing as. Which I don't think this is necessarily a problem. It was just like you, you are useful for a very specific thing. Yeah. Keep an eye on that thing and switch to Barrett when you when you need to.
1: Also Why are they fucking up who's got what magic at the beginning? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Why
0: why why uh, are you playing with that? It was fine. I d I, I don't know why they're messing with that. Uh the Honestly, my biggest complaint still to this point about this demo, and it's a really minor thing, is just that the camera feels like it's in a bit too close behind the characters yes. when you're
1: exploring. I do it, agree with that, yeah.
0: That that has been, like... I, I played it, uh, I think it was, like, October last year at a com- uh, at an event or a convention, and it was my biggest problem then, and they haven't done anything about it, is I just want to zoom the camera back just a little. Yep.
1: I figured if I little. could just have... 10% more real estate on the screen that yeah, I can see. That'd be...
0: Exactly. I, I want just slightly more awareness of what's going on around me being slightly less, you know, pulled in. Yep. Yeah. But the fact that that is my biggest complaint about this is reassuring. Yeah. Obviously, there's there's big questions about, like, how well are they going to handle where they choose to cut the narrative off and how, like, you know, how long are we going to be waiting between parts of this game and how will they handle your rpg elements transferring from one game to another particularly considering cross generation is probably going to be a thing like there's a lot of questions i have but at its core i think this feels like a really nice reimagining of a game that has definitely aged
1: quite a lot <laughs> it has it has aged quite yeah. a lot and but and it's stunningly beautiful yeah the they've... music uh god God, I mean, yeah. we always know how good the music is in Final Fantasy games, but to hear these new arrangements, yeah, are j- and, just amazing.
0: Uh, and and one thing that's really reassuring to me is they have definitely, in no way, toned down any of the eco-warrior talk of, uh, oh no, the planet is fucking dying. We need to do something about it. We've got to we've got to do direct action because
1: corporations are destroying everything and burning us alive. I uh, thank god the game's not political though. I'm glad they didn't insert Oh, any sorry, politics. yeah, it's
0: not political. It's it's a game about big sword boy hits big sword man in trench coat. Mhm. Mhm.
1: No corporate villains here, thank you.
0: No thank you. No no suggestion that that human beings have a negative impact on the health of the planet. No, no surre Bob.
1: We are not consumers. Not at no, all.
0: Not at all uh uh casey you've been playing anything else this week
2: um let's see quite a couple of things uh, i played the two was it was it was it this i think this might it might have been the other week but the two frog detective games
0: i don't think i'm familiar I... with these neither am i oh both of you tell us about detective frogs very
2: very very short games you will breeze through them in in an evening Uh, but they are delightful the humour the way I would describe it and I I, the word charming is way overused Mm -hmm. but there's almost nothing else that I can more most accurately use to describe the frog detective than charming it's this wonderfully, wonderfully well-written, kind of little point-and-click adventure kind, kind of game that's like in 3D. And they're just short little games, but they pack in so much character and so much humour and the, the writing just, it's, it, it's wholesome. It's, it's just delightful. You, 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 you're a frog who's a detective and you've got to solve a mystery and it's, it's it's just it's wholesome, it's charming, and it's consistently amusing. I'm just laughing my head off at it. It's one of those games that I just want to gush about.
0: Oh heck, I, I'm I'm ha- oh I, I okay. I've just loaded up some. I've loaded up a Google search for the game, and I've definitely seen this game before. Yeah. The art style. It's distinct. Is very familiar.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've seen this promoted elsewhere in images, but I I've not played I'm, it and now I am curious. It's published by Super Hot Presents too, which, you know, I I mean, that's us- usually a good sign. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they're behind something, I'm kind of behind them, so check it out. Yeah, that that sounds really it's, cool.
0: I I'm putting that on my to checkout list. Yep. Dude, you'll,
2: you'll you'll finish it very quickly. It's a very short game. But the kind, the kind of short that was like, that was that was just the perfect amount of time. It's and, like,
0: and that's good. honestly, that's yeah, that's that's a good sell to me. Uh, if if I mm. can finish it quickly, I'm much more likely to actually find time to do it.
1: There was a really big thread on Twitter, um, a couple of, well, earlier in the week or last week, uh, and I wish I, I could, think I know exactly the I one you're was, talking about. I, I, I want to say it was about. David Pittman. Um, And I I, I should really make sure that I'm right about that because I don't want to like. But the premise was it was a hot take that all games should be two hours in length. And Mm. I, while, of course, you know, sweeping statements like that aren't true (laughs) or, you know, even being presented, you know, as though they should be. In reality, however, there is a real shortage of game experiences that are so tightly composed that you can get in and get out and be done and have a, a whole experience from it. And, hmm. you know, as you mentioned earlier, Casey, that, you know, a lot of people don't finish games. And, yeah. you know, one of the first things you figure out when you start to talk to developers about this stuff, you know, a lot of this is statistically tracked through software. They And, and even if it's not, they know how many people s- bought it. They can figure out how many people finished it based on things like achievements, even if they don't have mm-hmm. some other data collection means in place. So we know that the... Uh, the percentage of players who finish games in many cases are single digits. Yeah, and so uh, it it kind of always hurts me a little bit inside to see people say, "Oh, well, you know, it's it's value uh, value is is equivalent to time in the game."
0: Oh God, no, I. I so much, like here's it's what I was saying about Death Stranding, I would have enjoyed that game more had it been a shorter game, I, I value my time and it not feeling like it's being wasted, and like I, one of my favourite games I played last year was Florence, this little mobile game, it's maybe 45 minutes long about someone sort of falling in and out of love in a relationship, and it's a beautiful work of art I could play in one sitting, and it made it so much easier for me to recommend it to people. I wasn't expecting someone to put down tens of hours to, to understand why I liked a thing.
2: I think another, another game that I absolutely adored that was very, very brief, but just just left left me impressed as hell, was Donut County.
0: Yeah. I donut, adored yeah. that game. It's wonderful, it really is. Also, uh, did we just have Jim join the call? <laughs>
3: Uh, That's what I've been playing That's what you've been playing You've been playing not dying I've been playing Dying in a hospital thanks Yeah you've been having a rough one My life is an endless series Of dark farces (laughs) Dark farces Um, Case in point Monday morning I go to the doctor And my new doctor looks a bit like Jake Gyllenhaal, so that's a bonus. But when I was there, they were like, OK, you're in for a bit of an asthma complaint. Would you like to get a flu shot while you're here? I'm like, well, now's as good a time as any, I suppose. Shoot me up. Get a flu shot that morning. That night, I'm in the hospital with flu. So that was a waste of money. I pay to get some flu injected in me And I already had it for free <laughs> So that's throwing Jim, good money Jim, after that Jim
0: don't you understand The vaccine made you ill The vaccine made Va- me ill
3: Vaccines I mean, are bad I mean I think anti-vaxxers are bullshit But I felt a little bit like Jenny McCarthy that day <laughs> They clearly don't work <laughs> No I mean obviously get get yourselves vaccinated You know um, it's not. It wasn't coronavirus, don't worry there. Although, I had a hell of a time in that hospital because it was full of people who thought they had coronavirus. I mean, um, yeah. Yeah, avoid hospital if you can. I mean, obviously, sometimes you can't, but be careful if you go because it's full, full of people who think they have coronavirus. The hospital staff couldn't handle everyone. I, I, They kept me overnight for observation and gave me this lovely little flyer about this lovely little observation unit they have. And I'm like... I was hemming and hawing. I didn't want to stay there. But then I was like, all right, I will stay because you're telling me I'm at a, a major, I'm at major risk because of the asthma, so I'm like, I'll stay. They didn't even have any beds in the observation unit. <laughs> so, so I just hung around in a shit room with giant windows so everybody could watch me sleep. Um, so that was fun. I feel like shit. Thank you, by the way, Conrad. Mm. That was lovely soup you left outside our front door. I'm glad I could help. Yeah, Justin's sick as hell now as well. So basically, this whole this whole apartment building is condemned. Um, that was just one of many things that have gone wrong. Um, which I think Conrad's starting to appreciate what 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 my life is like now that he can see a lot of it <laughs> up close. Yeah, it's um, uh,
1: it is sort of one disaster after another, but they're yeah. they're mo- they're minor disasters, like they're small inconveniences that over time build up to disastrous, horrible situations.
3: Yeah, it's basically erosion. It's it's the principle of erosion, but for my own psyche, <laughs> where. Uh, any one problem on its own is fine, but there are so many of them, one after the other, and I can't rest, and I end up... I've had medical issue after medical issue, which, in America, is a little bit costly, and the more I'm sick and the more time I have to take off, the less I can earn, so it's been a hell of a fun time moving at the same time, which lost me several thousand dollars because of some disasters... So, I'm having a wonderful time. How is everybody else? I mean, comparatively, we're doing pretty good. Yeah, I got very really excited good. that that roller derby
0: game from E3 is is back back and having another demo, and now I can put stickers
3: on my helmet, and that's going to consume my life for a little while. Nice! I, I put stickers on my helmet once. I can't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine getting them on, but taking them off. <laughs> uh I think That's the, why uh, they call me Mr. Panini because <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, um Are the
0: games from this week. I was very quickly gonna rattle through a couple others I finished while I was here this week. Uh I finished that coffee talk game that I was playing last week, the one where you're, you know, making coffee for people in a fantasy Seattle full of werewolves and stuff. Um The ending of that game I thought was largely satisfying. I thought that a lot of individual character threads ended in really nice ways, and how well you'd gotten to know these customers and what drinks they liked and the needs they had as customers did play out in the the final act. And, like, to, to give, like, a very broad example, there is one character who is a werewolf who the whole time has been basically trying to experiment to find a drink that might help them calm down when the full moon's out. And right near the end of the game they break into your coffee shop full werewolf mode screaming and scratching at things and it's like oh here's the time fly or fall can we work out what drink's gonna fix this like a lot of those individual scenes were really nice um i thought that the narrative that seemed like it was going to be the big one they were working towards that was going to have some big payoff this uh, person coming in to write in the coffee shop every day that just kind of went nowhere, and that's a bit of a shame. Um, it, it felt like it was going to become some critique of the game itself, or it was going to have some kind of unexpected end point, and it just kind of ended as, but she finished writing her book, and her book was good, and she got her publishing deal, and that made everything better, and everything's good now. Um, But, like, a a lot of the narratives about the fantasy characters that weren't this one human woman writing a book, those were all really interesting, and I got really invested in the characters. It was very sweet, still very little actual gameplay, but uh, I had a charming time playing through it regardless. It was a lovely
3: bit of interactive fiction. Since you mentioned it last week, I've seen it pop up a lot. Someone emailed me and was like, Mm. you should check it out, so I need to find some time.
0: Yeah, it's... It's one of those things that, as long as you go in knowing that a lot of it is just... Ugh. Taking time to unwind and immerse yourself in a bunch of interesting little narratives, it's a really interesting game. J- just be aware going in that like, you will go big stretches of time without gameplay as such. And that's not going to be for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, The the only other thing I've been playing this week is I've been playing through some Ori and the Blind Forest because Ori and the Will of the Wisps is coming out real soon. Uh, I can't remember. Jim and Comrade, either of you play much of Ori and the Blind
3: Forest? I have it Um... somewhere
1: on some platform, but (laughs) I, I don't think I actually got around to playing
3: it. I literally couldn't play it because I hit a bug that made it impossible to keep playing. And by the time they fixed it, I couldn't be bothered to yeah, play it again. I, I had a similar issue where just like
0: I started playing it and I came across issues and just never stuck with it. So this is me actually going, I've heard amazing things about it. I'm going to actually play through it. It's on Switch now. All the bug fixes are done. And I'm going to be honest, I am completely misunderstood like what that game was. I thought it was a fairly linear platformer from what I'd seen. It's, it's a Metroid game. It is a, you know, pathfinding, collect the upgrades so that you can get to new areas of the map, kind of. One of those games. It The narrative seems really... It, it's a gorgeous game. The narrative is, like, predictable. You can see the... You can see a mile away. It's like, oh, yeah, you're going to try and make me feel sad about that in a minute. Oh, oh I know exactly what's going to happen. But it's a... It is a really satisfying beautiful looking metroid style game with the one caveat that uh, okay two caveats early game before you start getting some basic upgrades like double jumps some sections of the early game can be really frustrating um because you have a very floaty far-reaching um horizontal jump trying to land on very small platforms is really frustrating initially Once you've got a double jump, you can sort of course correct slightly to to make your landings. But initially, anything with precision jumping is going to be frustrating as hell. Uh, Secondly, the game has a system where you create your own checkpoints, which is theoretically great in that if there's a particular part that's getting tough for you, you can drop down a checkpoint and you know you're going to start right before that particular part. But the checkpoint system is resource limited it's kind of like the ink ribbons in Resident Evil games and the thing is if if you were playing this like for the umpteenth time and you know what your particular difficult spots in this game are that's great you know exactly where you want to drop down checkpoints on a first run through the game you have no idea what's coming up and whether the thing that you've died once or twice to now is worth spending a checkpoint on Or if you're going to spend that checkpoint find there's something far 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 worse behind it and go i wish i'd made my checkpoint here instead um so that's been a little bit of an issue it's it's required some unnecessary backtracking because i've not been able to see ahead of myself in the game to know like when do i use my one checkpoint i have saved up to drop somewhere but like that aside I'm I'm now that I've gotten over the initial hurdle and started getting some of the basic traversal unlocks done, I'm having a lot more fun with it. And I want to stick with it. It seems like a, a really beautiful game, but it it required some pushing through the early hours. There were definitely there were definitely moments that put me off at the start.
2: I need to play this because it's another one that I'm embarrassed to say is been. I've I've owned it for years. It's sitting in my library, along with Hollow, uh, not Hollow Knight, uh, Shovel Knight, and mm. many others that just, just sitting there, just just lazing around, just just waiting for the moment, for the event yeah. to shine.
0: That's that's so often the way, isn't it? That. It- I feel really bad that so often it's just when it gets a switch port, I'm like, okay, fine, I'll do it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that has been that has been the story of the last like six to twelve months for me. Is just like you're going to port that to switch because if you do, I will get around to finishing it finally. <laughs> um, I think the only thing we uh, other thing we had on the topic list, uh, Casey, you put down the wonderful one hundred one Kickstarter as a thing yes, to talk about.
2: I I I did because that's something I haven't I haven't really put much into kickstarter recently and i was like will i won't i because like it when it when it popped up it already hit its
0: goal like yeah immediately but it took like 10 minutes to hit its goal yeah so
2: i was like i I don't need to rush on this so a couple of days ago yeah i stuck my money in i will get you know have my Uh,
0: my steam copy had you played the game before or is this never okay so Uh... um, I'm
2: excited because it's it's one of those it's one of those games that I learned about and was like, oh, I'd love that if they if they if they put that on the PC, I'd get that because yeah. uh, I think one of one of my favorite for probably one of my first console ports that I played on on PC and it was one of the first games that I that I played with a controller on PC was. Uh, Metal Gear Rising, which Mm. I adored. Oh, my God, I loved that so much. Mm. Mm.
0: It's... Am I right that I'm the only person who has played through Wonderful 101
1: on the podcast? I think I played uh, the demo that they released alongside it when it first released. Yeah, I I played the demo. And I played it several times. I liked it, but it was also one of those things that I'm like, I'm not paying full retail for this experience.
0: Yeah. So, Wonderful 101... Um I think it's a fantastic Platinum game but it's one that it's it's demo really didn't do it justice. Um it is a game that ugh, I think it's probably one of Platinum's least accessible games in that it it's one of it's one of their games that not only takes a while to start again introducing its mechanics and give you a feel for like what it's building towards but the mechanics themselves take some wrangling your hands around. Um, for anyone who's never played it who's listening, it's basically superhero Pikmin. You are a superhero, you collect up villagers uh, that you're trying to rescue from like burning trains and things like that. But the catch is, you can transform them into large objects if you have enough of them. So you could draw sort of like um, a right angle with these uh, citizens to make like a gun and then you can use the gun to shoot or you can make them into a, a sword made out of people and once you unlock a few different of these abilities it very much becomes like any other platinum game it's a combat game where you're switching between different combat styles on the fly um you're trying to use these collected people to solve problems. You might be making them into bridges, or using them uh, to make a paper aeroplane so you can glide down to somewhere. It's got a lot of really creative ideas. Um, I think the villain in it is fantastically performed. They are they are great. The final act of that game is peak platinum, where they, you know, when platinum sometimes has the end of a game, and they will just like. Reach what anyone else would go. Yes, that is the ludicrous endpoint, and then one up themselves about six times, trying to make it bigger and more bombastic. It's a great game for like having one of those kind of platinum endings. Nice. Um, it just. Uh, <sighs> I don't know how this game is going to feel while trying... A, a big part of what made the, what I really enjoyed about this game was it was really easy to, with the touchscreen on the Wii U, quickly draw lines to make your various weapons and to switch between them. And I don't know how that's going to feel on a controller oh. without the touchscreen option. Um, And also, yeah, it does take a few... It takes until you have two or three of these weapons in your arsenal for the game to start really opening up. And the, the demo they had on Wii U really didn't sell sell it well, which is a shame. Because, like, I, I love that game, and I'm, I'm glad it's getting another lease at life. It just, yeah, it, it did not sell well, and I can understand why that demo didn't do the best job in the world at promoting it.
1: Well, how do we feel about the campaign?
0: yeah I was gonna bring this up so when the Kickstarter campaign was put up it was never explicitly said but most people assumed that it was to make enough money so that they could afford to port the game because that game sold abysmally on the Wii U it made sense that hey they don't want to risk putting money and time into developing this if no one's gonna put the money down but as it turns out that game's coming out in like two months or a month and a half. It, it's it's ported. Mm. It, it's like ready to go. They just need to pay for certification and stuff. And they've now actively said, "Oh yeah, we didn't actually need the money to make the game. We just wanted to to bring the community together." And I'm like, mm. "So make a fucking spend... website." Yeah. It... Uh, Here's the thing, even if they just said "like, Look, we're not sure people are going to buy this This covers our certification costs or something That would have been one thing But to try and be like, no, we needed you to spend your money Ahead of the game being finished to to build a community we don't
1: believe you when you say you want this game so we're gonna have to ask you to give us money to justify its yeah except
0: except we believe you enough that we will spend however many months we've spent making the ports right yeah i hmm. i mean here's the thing this game is such a niche game that sold so terribly that for the people who love it I'm glad that this Kickstarter basically gives them an opportunity to get merch that never would have otherwise existed. For them uh, that's great. Sure.
1: It just feels <laughs> to me like a misuse of the platform.
0: Yeah. It's not the first time this has been a thing. No, it's not. And I'm not even I'm not even opposed to it if they're just be open with why you're asking for the exactly. money. Exactly. Make a clear... Dis- if, if you're not asking for the money to fund creating the thing
1: be clear about that up because this isn't this isn't like it's one of those things like, oh, there's only X number of crowdfunding dollars out there, and here is this completed project that doesn't need the money taking the money out of that pool. That's bullshit. There's no yeah. such limited pool of resources. People are going to fund the things that they want and not fund the things that they don't have interest in. Yeah. However, it still kind of feels, unnecessary for them to do it in this fashion. Sell the merch. Yeah. Those people will still yeah. buy the merch. Indeed.
0: Yeah. If anything, they'll probably buy more because they won't be limited to, I have to buy this one, get this one piece of merch and I would have to pledge it a second time and get a second copy of the game to get a different piece of merch. Just let them buy the things. Put up a Kickstarter for merchandise for the game yeah. alongside, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: honest i i it, it it did feel cynical but i was so excited i didn't care and that's I fair mean, Ooh.
0: in the moment i was excited that it was up on kickstarter and it was getting a port it, it only
3: feels cynical in hindsight but
0: <laughs> this yeah. is how the
3: game industry operates though mm. they operate with blatant cynicism that no one's going to care about because video games i mean they they were right
0: I, I mean, I it's, it's a working
3: I'm not, business
0: model. I'm not bothered enough by this that I'm going to, you know, not buy the... Ge- no, I still want the port. Fine. You got my money. Okay, sure.
2: Yep, they, they have my money now. I don't, uh, well, they will in a couple of days. I think it's ending this weekend. So they, they will have my money. I'm not complaining. It is a bit cynical, but compared to the rest of the game industry it's kind of it's small it's it's such small beans that I, I don't think we can really
1: care death by a thousand cuts yeah yeah
2: it's just a drop in the ocean compared to season passes and battle passes and ah, get 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 in on this now quick it's like yeah it's it's a glorified glorified pre pre order pre order yeah sorry but yeah it's I can't. I can't muster up any any kind of genuine annoyance.
1: And that's how the window gets dragged. That's it. Yeah. That's how it happens. Is that we can't muster. And I don't blame you, right? Like I certainly can't fault anyone it, for not caring enough about this stuff
0: this this isn't important enough for me to use my limited energy i have left in this terrible world to get angry about absolutely
1: this. but we also do have to recognize that that is how the slow erosion of yeah. these things go it, yeah
0: m- moments like this are how microtransactions became the norm and yep. you know season passes it, it it's all
1: it's all bad. Small
0: steps, it's all that, bad.
3: Small steps that, we, that just aren't big enough for us to bother. And not to toot my massive panini-covered horn, but, but, some of us were calling it out from the start and were being pilloried by the community for it, a community that now agrees with a lot of what I was saying. <laughs> not that I get credit for it. They give the credit to fucking Yong Yee. <laughs> uh) Yeah, it's it, it's not a great situation, but,
1: yeah. Uh. Oh, well. Jim, you, oh, didn't get, well. You, you weren't here when we talked about the Final Fantasy VII demo. Did you have thoughts on that? God, Jessie
3: deserves to get some dick. It's all she wants. <laughs> it's all she wants. She's got to have it. I hope she gets it. As a fun demo, um, I was more sceptical about uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake than a lot of people were. Um, it looked a little too busy, a little too modern Square Enix, but I enjoyed it. I've played it through twice, one to do a video, one to just do it for fun. And the anima- the character animations are really nice, the graphics are gorgeous, uh, a lot of the voice acting is nice. The combat is tighter than I thought it would be while still having quite a bit of a, a tactical edge to it. Um, it's mm. fun and quick to switch between the characters and and we'll see how that goes when they add more. I'm assuming you can have a, a, you'll have a third, and we'll see if that gets a little too confusing. But I don't think it will. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I've got some issues. The music is one of them. The original Final Fantasy VII soundtrack is brilliant, but here it's got that problem that so many modern soundtracks have, where it's all orchestral, which makes it sound better from a luxury standpoint but not from a melodic standpoint the tunes get buried under so much production i'm on the side with comrade where
0: i quite enjoyed those those changes i think that like i know those songs inside and out so well that if i want originals i can you know play them while i'm playing but i quite like these these versions but like you're not alone i've seen a lot of people who have been a bit iffy
1: on the and music. i can see where you have that perspective even yeah. however i will say that overwhelming what is at the core of the experience is thematically appropriate for a final fantasy 7 game hmm. or for any final fantasy game i should say and so i am on board with that consistency fair enough <laughs> um, for me, I mean, what really
3: sold, what, what really um, dampened my my uh, enjoyment of the music specifically was the uh, the scenes with Heidegger and Sh- uh, President Shinra, where the Shinra theme comes in, which is one of the that tune in the original is supposed to sound very strong and very foreboding as a result, whereas here it's just weak. And and I understand that for a lot of it, they need to keep the the music understated now because of the fully voiced cast. Mm -hmm. You can't have that competing with the music. But it really has reduced, for me at least, the bite of that. And while we're talking about that, I'm also a little worried that it might be more po-faced, which is a very modern Square Enix problem. Um, And my case in point there is Heidegger in those scenes with President Shinra. Heidegger... His original characterization is that of a guffawing, mm-hmm. gung ho buffoon. Whereas here, he's just kind of dour. Right next to President Shinra, who's just kind of dour. They made him Vincent. Yeah, I mean, I want to see him going all go ha 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 ha, bombs and guns. Like, I, it's that's an issue I have with a lot of modern Square Enix characterizations is it's all just kind of drab. And I hope that, you know, we get... I hope that the comic relief characters outside of, I suppose, Heidegger now remain comic relief characters and not everyone is serious because that's been an issue with quite a few Final Fantasy games even where they're so one-note in terms of tone... And Final Fantasy XV was a really nice break from that Which it demonstrates Mm. that they can still do light-hearted While retaining some serious storylines and themes Um, So I hope that, you know, when we get to characters like Kate Sith When we get to the Turks um, Although from what I've seen of the Turks It looks like they've downplayed them as well In terms of their their comic um, capabilities Um, Those are really the only two major concerns I have And they're kind of ancillary to the gameplay Which is really good Um, on another
1: musical note though i do want to tread back a second i miss the fanfare and i know barrett sang the fanfare it's not the same
0: it's it's the same as i felt in breath of the wild where i was like that fanfare is there but it's so sort of quiet and in the button it's not the same
1: but it can't be the same right we have to move on we have to accept that things change
0: I mean, none of these things bother me enough that, like,
3: I, I'm i feeling quite yep. optimistic about this. I'm sure I'm going to have a great time with I'm it. I'm glad they released the demo. It, it allayed a lot of concerns I had because, you know, I'm not ashamed to admit that I was one of the more sceptical people when it was announced and when I saw trailers. It just looked a little too latter-day Square Enix to me and I don't trust them, but... It's very easy to be cynical
1: about something like this. Yeah. So, yeah, the... I get it.
0: But... The... The more of it I
3: I get to play, the more of it, the more convinced I am that I'm going to have a good time. Yeah, yeah, I've got no doubt now that it's at the very least a rock solid game um, with potential to be a, a, you know, I think it's going to be everything that people who have been looking forward to it uh, have been hoping for. I think certainly the reactions to the demo demonstrate that anyone who was really hyped for it already. That hype has not been diminished by this. Everyone seems to love it. Yeah. I think this remake's going to please a ton of people. I think I'll be satisfied playing it. I have a feeling yeah. it's going to be a uh, a massive critical hit when it comes out. I, I feel like it's going to make a
0: game that a lot of people love a lot easier to go back to and
3: be able to recommend it with a lot fewer caveats. I think so. I mean, yeah, I think they've... They've hit upon a winner there. They've hit upon a winner there. So, yeah, I'm, I, I've gone from... I mean, I was always going to get it, because A, it's my yeah. job, and B, it's a Final Fantasy VII oh, like remake, that. curiosity compels. But now I'm, like, really looking forward to April 10th. So, yeah, that demo did a great job. I also love that it was the exact same demo that they released for the original Final Fantasy VII,
0: mm-hmm. from
3: beginning to end, the exact same one, which, which was a nice touch, nice and nostalgic. So, yeah, good good stuff.
2: Is that coming out on PC?
0: Uh, I believe it's a year, it's going to be exclusive on PS4 for a year, and then it's coming to other stuff. I don't know if PC is included. Fantasy 7, you see. Uh, I know it's coming to Xbox after a year, Uh, let's have a look. Uh, it's only confirmed for Xbox a year from now. Uh, if it's anything like fifteen, it will eventually come to PC, but it'll probably take a while.
2: I'll I'll get to it eventually. I, I, I I'm sorry I've kind of tuned out during the whole thing because it's kind of it's kind of like my excitement for I I adored the, the original Final Fantasy Seven. It was one of my mm. favorite games as a kid, and so, but I've kind of I've kind of tuned out of all the remake news. Because it's the kind of thing that seems to have been happening for a long time, and I've no idea when, when when it's going to get here and things like that and I'm just like i I'm pushing this to the back of my mind, and when it when it happens it happens
0: I I get that feeling. I will occasionally, if I'm excited about something or just know I'm going to get around to it eventually, just go right, right. Don't want to know any more. Tell me when it's in my hands and I can play it on the thing I have.
2: Yeah, been, I think that's
0: a very natural response.
2: Been kind, kind, that's that's kind of my feeling. Also, while 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 I was you know kind of like just zoning out, that I had I had the chance to go take a sneaky pee.
3: Fair enough. I mean, take those opportunities where you can. Whenever I get a chance to piss, I'ma take that chance, even if I don't need one. I'll go into the toilet and I'll strain till blood comes out.
1: I literally just came back from peeing to hear Casey
3: say that she snuck <laughs> nice. off the
1: pee, so. There
3: you go, see? Everyone's taking their time. <laughs> oh, sy-
2: we're Every- synchronized. Everyone's,
0: everyone's peeing. Peeing time, everyone. If you yes. listen to this podcast and you were peeing while we had this conversation, well That's done. That's
1: bonus you. points right there.
0: Yeah, you, you, 20 points to you.
3: Did anyone else have anything else they wanted to talk about? Well, everyone's talking. <laughs> Sorry for the typing, but I'm posting videos while we talk so that I can desperately pay off my medical bills. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fun times, fun times at Ridgemont High. Never seen that film, I don't even know. No, it's Fast Times. Fuck it, it don't matter. i played loads of it. games this week, but but I, I could talk about a lot of them next week. I've been playing Killzone HD. What's the point? <laughs> and I say that as someone who's been playing it. What's the point? Um, I tell you what, great voice acting in that game. I've got PlayStation Now, so I've been playing any old shit. Right now I'm juggling Killzone HD and Infamous 2. Because I've got Infamous real 2 internet wasn't bad. now. I never played it. I played the first one, which was... yeah, And I it's played um, Second Son, which was quite good. Um, so I'm only a little ways into Infamous 2. Um, but yeah. I, I see that they gave you a big metal stick to hit things with, which makes the melee a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's good. Though I really want to play Second Son again now. That one was, was quite fun. Um, Killzone HD. I, I decided I'm just going to go through all the Killzones again. Um, voice acting is great for a PS2 game. It helps that Sean Pertwee's in it. He's my favourite actor. And he's so good, they brought him back in Killzone 2 as a different character, just to have oh, him in ooh, again. he is fantastic. I fucking love him. His voice is incredible. I was, I was
2: just... I was just thinking about. Have you ever seen the movie Dog Soldiers? I
3: have not, and I really want to. It's one of the few Sean Pertwee must... films I haven't seen.
2: Oh my god, you must! You will
3: love it, and it's got it's got Liam,
2: Liam Cunningham in it as well, who is he is teeth gnashingly evil in this movie. It's just scenery chewing. Mm. I'll have to check it's, it out. It's...
3: I, oh, I watched I a shitty zombie it. movie once that had about like two zombies in it, and then the rest of the film was nothing just because Sean Pertwee was in it. It was a bad film. <laughs> and I haven't seen Dog Soldiers, and I really want to. And I, I watched that instead. And he's in the Alan Partridge film. Um, but anyway, uh, Killzone HD going back, like, years later, it's it's a lot better game when it's not surrounded by the baggage of the hype it had at the time, when it was... I think it may have been the first ever game they tried to call a Halo killer, which... It, didn't do the thing that they said it was going to do.
0: It didn't kill it Halo, didn't kill the Halo. Halo killer.
3: But going back to it, it's still a solid shooter with um, a really interesting idea of kind of doing this sci-fi take on um, established uh, war video games. Like, you uh, you start off in trenches like World War One. There are beach landings like World War II. Uh, the level I'm on now is a sort of this swampy Vietnam-style thing, so that they go through the greatest hits of horrible wars, um, but with, you know, enemies with big, glowy orange eyes. Um, so, yeah, that's good. What's shocked me is how much of that game I remember. Because it's, it's a solid game, but when you look at it, it's not that memorable. It's very grey and bleak. And yet, point for point, every time I go into a new level, I'm like, I remember this level almost exactly. And I only ever played it once, back when it came out, and I can't even remember what I did last week. And yet, for some reason, out of everything I've ever played, I remember the first Killzone more than anything. And I literally don't know why, because it's not even that memorable. But there you go. I remembered the twist. I remember the character names. I remembered the level order. I don't know why. But, you know, it made me getting through it a, a bit quicker. So there you go. Um uh, that's about it. That'll do. I think I Is that us all I've, done? We all I've done. That's enough isn't it. It's been sh- a nice all episode. Has.
1: It has. We should we should ask Casey to tell uh, us and everyone else where people can find her and the things that she's doing.
0: That's like a great idea.
2: Come Casey
1: first.
0: Where are the things?
2: Uh, let's see. The things would be Casey Explosion on Twitch where I stream. I've just made Twitch partners so that's awesome. Okay. You can do me a subscribe and stream, you know, stuff like indie games and I like a lot of uh, the kind of Sol- soulsy games. So I was playing Neo and, and uh, Sekiro things like that. So if you like that kind of stuff, worth looking at. And then I talk a lot of bullpucky on twitter at KCExplosion. so that's that's basically me heck
0: this is the bit where i jump in because usually i go before those other two so i'm gonna jump in yeah go for out. it laura laura k buzz all of the places laura k buzz on twitter twitch youtube patreon that's the one that pays the bills uh laura k everything ends up there be it freelance features written articles videos podcasts I've got books. Uncomfortable Labels, it's about being gay and trans and on the autism spectrum, and it's out now where books are sold, or as an audiobook on laurakbuzzstore.com. There is Things I Learned From Mario's Butt, which is an illustrated, silly and serious uh, coffee table book of video game character butt reviews, that's coming out in October, or probably a bit earlier if you back it on Unbound. Other than that, I'm on a bunch of podcasts. I am on Pixel Squirt, which is a video game porn review podcast, uh, which I am on with Mari and Stacy from Geek Remix. Uh, Tonal Whiplash is coming back, which is a podcast that where I ask serious and silly alternating questions to a guest, and I've got like the next few people for that lined up. Eh, 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 That'll be back soon. I'm excited. it, yeah, yeah, not not saying who's coming on, but, but Casey's excited. I'm very um, excited. Uh, other than that, I am on Queer and Pleasant Strangers, where me and my fiancé do silly voices and skits and talk about things that aren't video games. And there's Dice Funk, which is a Dungeons & Dragons podcast. I'm on seasons 3, 4, 5, 6, and soon season 7. Every season's a self-contained story, so jump into whichever one you fancy. You know who else is on that podcast?
1: Conrad. Oh my gosh! So I am. Yeah, you can hear me on Dice Funk. You can find me on Twitter at Conrad Zimmerman. Uh, you can watch me on Twitch, uh, Twitch.tv/slash-that-Conrad-Zimmerman. Uh, right now, I'm finishing up Puzzle or uh, Shovel Knight, and I'm. Probably going to move on to some other adventure game. I think that's going to be kind of my pattern for a while. Do something a little action-oriented. Do something a little more low-key adventure and alternate between those two. So come by. Hang out. Uh, tend to have a good time. Really great crowd of people in the the chat always uh, on my stream. So I'm really grateful yeah. for that. Um, you can buy buttons or badges if you prefer since everybody on this podcast now except me i'm feeling very attacked Mm -hmm. with my americanness um (laughs) you can get hey hey thank you very much for those ones what you sent me. oh you're very welcome yeah i did send a a few laura's way uh recently with some very cute butt stuff uh from the
0: uh yeah you sent me those and i looked at them and i'm like i'm gonna have to commission you
1: at some point to just make some of these we'll you we'll talk (laughs) we'll work that out um You can also buy audiobooks that I record at conradreads.com. There will probably be a new one out next week, Um, hopefully. I just can't seem to find the time to get it recorded, but that is coming. Uh, You can also hear me on some other podcasts. You can hear me on Dice Funk, as Laura mentioned. You can hear me on Of Horse, a BoJack Horseman fancast, which is a podcast explicitly about that BoJack Horseman show. You can hear me on Spinoff Doctors, which our next episode uh, covering, oh, what was it? Oh, oh the new Jumanji, the, the Jumanji sequel. We'll be recording that probably next week at this point. But uh, yeah, and I'm just saying that so that I feel we have to commit to it. Because otherwise it could be months.
3: Well, the way I see it <laughs> is I've gone through so much lately. Surely nothing will get in the way next week. Surely nothing will uh, get in the way next week. Surely nothing's going to
1: happen. Um, but I do that, and I also do another podcast, sort of, uh, occasionally with uh, with my good friend Jim Sterling called Boston's Favourite Son, where we tried to get our mutual friend Jonathan uh, to be famous once again because he deserves it and we demand it.
3: And uh, it is March. <laughs> it is March, so... It is March, and he said he'll be free sometime
1: in March.
3: So, <laughs> so in this theory... March-
1: in theory there will be an episode uh <laughs> in march um and then uh, last uh jim you have a patreon that pays for all your medical bills don't you yes yes <laughs> thank you
3: so much to people who contribute to the patreon because i mean listen to this there's no breathing <sighs> look at that i'm dying and and it costs thousands of dollars to not die more um but anyway Um, Thank you for the support on there That's patreon.com slash Jimquisition Also thank you to the fans who came out To um, say hello At the Chikara show last Saturday You may have helped me out more than you know um, But we'll we'll see where things go I think Mm. I can safely say for now That one of the principal reasons I moved to Philadelphia Was because I am in talks With Chikara Which is a very exciting thing We do not yet know exactly what shape Any collaborations may take But It it can't have hurt that people came out to see you. I mean, I'll just, I'm not saying I'm a draw, but when you can draw to a show and you're not on the card, I mean, that's a pretty big swingable um, trait for anyone in the wrestling business. Um, But anyway, uh, speaking of the wrestling business, if you can get to um, the Rise Stronghold just outside of Pittsburgh, the Furnace. Uh, I will be there Saturday. I fucking, by hook or by crook, I'll get there. Um, I'm not contagious now, so you're all right. Fever broke. So, uh, at the rate I'm healing up, I fully anticipate to be at least 90% Saturday. I'm going to make it to Rise because as executive commander of that company, uh, I have made a match between the most beloved tag team there, um... The two members of that team, military intelligence, are Drake Braddock and Lewis the Nerd, and they're competing in a Loser Leaves Rise match because I hate them. So they will be forced to um, retire each other, you know, one or the other. So that's going to be great. I am going to fire someone on Saturday night, and it's, I am
1: so excited. It's going to be a really, really good show. Like, if, you have, if you're in the Pittsburgh area and you, like, passed up on the prior opportunities to come out to Tillamont Furnace at the Rise Stronghold and Sea Gym, don't miss this one. This one's going to be awesome.
3: Stella, Can't wait. And in the in the interval, I normally come out and meet people, um, you know, in full sterling mode as my terrestrial alter ego. So, you know, expect much arrogance, but people tend to find it very entertaining. So come by, say hello. I'm happy to do photos and signings and what have you. Um, And the show... Rise always puts on an incredible show. They do. And it only got more incredible since I took over... So yeah. You yeah, say come. with all due humility. Oh, absolutely. Come watch me fire someone. Come watch me uh, rip the, uh, the Rise Grand Championship from the current champion's hands because I've set up a handicap match with two of my very good friends, uh, the gavel David Lawless and Dr. Daniel C. Rockingham. One of them will uh, take that title off him, I'm sure. So that's going to be good. Um, other than that, sorry, we're going on very long, but I've got a lot this week. Um... What else we got? Uh, apologies as well that I have not been streaming. We're trying. <laughs> we really are doing our best. Life's yeah. On. We've we've worked out um, how to do it in a really nice way here, but we are dying. Um, and it's, like I say, it's been one farce after another. But we are slowly getting back to business. Um, and also, just please try not to ask when I finally get something off my checklist of things to do please don't immediately follow up with where is this other thing because it really stresses me out it really stresses me out when you do that and it makes me feel like what i'm doing isn't good enough um
0: it's not fun yeah uh
3: things have not been (laughs) cancelled boston's favorite son has not been cancelled uh commentocracy has not been cancelled the other thing people keep asking for is not being cancelled. I also realized there's a second half of the Asking Sterling podcast. The first half I started in December. I've not forgotten
1: it. I'm just and, and I'm while very we, sorry. And while we do appreciate the indication of your desire and your fervent support, on the other hand, yeah, maybe you dial it back.
3: Just appreciate it's fucking like, I honestly can't. We, we don't have enough time left for me to fully describe everything that's happened these past few months um, In terms of just logistic issues and expenses and medical stuff It's been fucking hard The past year, like 2019 was rough as fuck And 2020 has not been following up kindly So we are doing our level best And I'll be fine, you know I've I've survived worse but things are rough and and we we really are doing our best but every time I think that I can get back to the normal workflow some new emergency some new disaster happens so I am doing my level best and I do I feel bad I I do apologize that things are not at their usual schedule, but we will get there. Definitely, we will get there. Um, and that's and sorry again that we're not in that lovely studio. Um, that we've only done one podquisition there so far. Um, but I, uh, I'm doing. We we are doing our best.
0: It's gonna happen. We, we just need to. Life needs to be okay. Yeah, a bit. yeah. I'm
3: gonna. I'll, I'll get. Well, I'll get this flu knocked out, and then. Then I'll, I'll i I should be back in business. Logistically everything's settled. Now I've just gotta I, once I get this flu out of the way, I, I anticipate next week, fingers crossed, we will be back to normal. Unless something new happens. We'll see. Oh fuck, I've gotta cancel my dentist appointment tomorrow. Very
2: glad that you brought that you brought it up not to not to pester you about stuff because i was just i was just going to ask what what was the what's the status on that on that classic uh podcast you do with laura where you play a pair of british bobbies who are who are doing um solving crimes plodquisition hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well,
3: I, like get, I like the one where we get i <laughs> like the one where we get done up the live called sodquisition uh, bye. wonder if I can get that Jake Gyllenhaal doctor to join in on that. Oh, bye.